Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And I'm Jeremy. And today we're talking about the top five characters we'd like to see in live action. Of course, welcome back to the show, Jeremy from the Geekly Grind. Nice to have you back, sir. Hey, yes. I've been I've literally was told two minutes ago that I am old hat. You cannot fool you cannot way. fool like, these people. Like you're comfortable. <laughs> We're comfortable with you and in oh, okay. and, and, uh, in a good way. Like old I love my old hat. You know? Okay. If it makes you feel better, I had never even heard of that saying. So I'm really, just, yeah, I'm old. No, no, that's a that's that's a that's definitely a uh, a good term to use. I think it's 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 apt in this case. How many times have I guest starred on this show now? Like six, seven, quite a few, at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over two seasons. <laughs> yes, yes, famous. So today uh, we're going to do another top five list. So we're going to have. 15 different recommendations plus some honorable mentions but we'll try to get through this kind of briefly because we have a lot of different characters and and some properties and some of them are just like the comics themselves but we are going to talk about comics as far as we know to the best of our research and knowledge have never been adapted into a live action property which means no tv show appearances no uh, movie appearances you know, stage show or ice capades don't count uh, or, or somebody showing up at, you know, in cosplay uh, somewhere. It's like an official from the studio live action appearance. So that's what we're ranking here as characters that we'd really like to see make an appearance. And some of them, without a doubt, probably will very soon. OK, so first of all, we're going to start off with some honorable mentions, things that were very close but just did not make the list for one reason or another, but definitely are things that we are excited about should they ever become live action properties. So I'll read mine off first. Um, I have dupe from ecstatics or the X four series, the kind of blobby green uh, character. I would love to see that in, in live action at some point. I feel like it's inevitable. It's just kind of such a fun character that speaks in alien, you know, language. Um, saga. I've talked about saga many times and we were going to do a saga episode at some point, but it's, it's a fantastic series. It's, it's definitely going to be adapted at some point. Um, I'm sure it's in the works. Uh, we've talked about die as, as a show, uh, it would make a great show. Yeah, that was, that was a runner up for me too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's another one, uh, if, if y'all have read planetary, um, planetary, I think is a, is a great comic series. Um, I think it's, it would be really interesting to see that done. And it has a kind of an interesting twist on the superhero genre. So I would love to see that adapted as well. What do you have Lance? Uh, so I had die on, on there, uh, but I'm going to go with murder Falcon as a, as a big runner, just because it's more recent for me. I, that, that I've talked about that comic book on here. I feel like every other episode since I read it and it, I feel like it'd be a very heartwarming and awesome story to see in live action. Very CGI heavy. It would have to be, but amazing. I would have to say um, uh, my honorable mentions are um, in terms of characters, because I did think of a couple characters um, is actually Moira Taggart and Destiny from X-Men. Uh, Moira Taggart, more specifically um, with the. Yeah. Hold on. Moira uh, Mick Taggart. Yes, Moira McTaggart. Has been, has been live action. Oh. She was in Where? First Class and uh, Days of Future Past. Oh, 
She was. Or she was definitely in first class, I, I think. But was she, but was she, but see, mm-hmm. I want was, Hickman's Moira McTaggart. Sure, sure. No, no. Like, I, I agree. Want the whole, I want the, the whole story to happen. I, okay. I totally agree. That's okay. why That's, it's an honorable mention and not on the list. Yes, but, but, thank but you. Moira McTaggart me. has been, Destiny, as far as I know, has not. Yeah, Destiny hasn't been yet. But, but. Okay. That's Moira good McTaggart has. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, good to know. Uh, and then probably um, Wicked and the Divine uh, would be on there for a series to get adapted because Love I that. mean they already Karen did Gillen. Sandman and Wicked is just it's so much fun. There's just so much cool stuff happening in that series. All right. So how do we want to do this? Uh, will we go? We'll each say our number five kind of briefly. Uh, yeah, say yeah. who they are and then we'll just kind of go down to number one so um i guess i'll start uh, i picked one of the f- most fun characters i think in the mcu uh, the marvel universe is squirrel girl oddly enough or not surprisingly squirrel girl almost got uh, a live action treatment back in 2018 they did a pilot for the new warriors and squirrel girl was cast she was actually you know the 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 AT&T woman, the woman that was AT&T uh, uh, actress um, was cast as Squirrel Girl and and they made the pilot and it got pretty good reviews and they were going to put on a free form, I think, through AM, ABC. Uh, and just for one reason or another, um, uh, they just kind of like held off on it or it didn't feel right or something like that. So it got scrapped and uh, no one ever seen no one's ever seen the pilot. Yeah, I think at some point, you know, we're getting all these young characters, uh, young Avengers, you know, kind of that sort of thing. Um, Dorian Green keeps popping up in in different like animated stuff and cartoons and young novels and things like that. So I think it's only a matter of time that we see Squirrel Girl. Uh, I think it would be really fun. Yeah, they they tucked that nut away for the winter. <laughs> there it is. The puns. <laughs> and her squirrel tippy toe, her sentient smart squirrel tippy toe. Yes. Well, uh, my number five is going to be Agent Venom. So this is going to be Flash Thompson. We've seen Flash Thompson two times previously, live action, and but we've never seen Agent Venom. We've seen Venom, but this is specifically the symbiote that is on Flash Thompson. So a little different. I'm tweaking the rules a little bit here. And I think one of the perfect times to bring this character in would be during Secret Wars. Imagine if Joe Manganiello walks through a portal or whatever they're using for everyone to show up on this planet. And we get a militarized Venom. But then he also loses control and he turns into the Hulk-sized giant Venom creature. So that would be a a must-watch because I love the Agent Venom run. Cool, cool. Agent Venom's a good one. Uh, Mine would be the series The Last God. This was a high fantasy black label series um, from uh, Kennedy. Let me get the first name. Uh, Philip Kennedy. Oh, sorry. Philip Kennedy Johnson. Um, Really good stuff. Uh, Really, really cool fantasy series. Um, I feel like in this world of rings of power and game of thrones and like all this stuff, like it's a dark fantasy series that could be adapted really well. Yeah. And it has tons of rich lore and everything. So I think uh, the last God would be really cool to see adapted into a, into a series. That sounds cool. Now I want to read that. There's (laughs) a lot of indies on my list. Well, DC's not indie, but yeah, I've got a lot of indie stories. I love that. 
Uh, let's let's ping pong back. So, Jeremy, why don't you do number four? Number four. Uh, another one of the well, actually, the only character on my list is actually Brother Voodoo. So as a big fan of Doctor Strange, of course, uh, Brother Voodoo is not far from that orbit uh, in terms of, you know, characters. I think it'd be really cool to see him in something live action. I did look this up. And in 2003, the Sci-Fi Channel had announced that it was developing a live action TV movie and pilot called Brother Voodoo based on the character. And they even got somebody to announce uh, announce to write the screenplay, uh, Hans Rodionoff. Basically, they got everything all lined up to do it. And then nothing came of development afterwards and it got abandoned. Um, so <laughs> uh, since then, uh, Brother Voodoo has been in um, some various alternate endings in video games and such. But we haven't really seen Brother Voodoo appear in any of the Doctor Strange films or anything like that. So I am hoping that we will get to see that uh, because he's a cool character and he deserves some attention. Yeah, I d- they could definitely do that in the next Doctor Strange film. That's a perfect character. Dark introduce. Dimension? I mean, yeah. come on now. Come on now. Seriously, that'd be amazing. My number four is going to be uh, Terry McGinnis, a.k.a. Batman Beyond. I was obsessed with this cartoon as a kid, and I would be thrilled to see it made into live action bring back uh, michael keaton as the withered bruce wayne so not in this version that we're getting in the supposed flash movie that's coming out um but i would prefer to see him playing an older version of batman serving as kind of the guy in the chair to terry mcginnis as batman and we get more of like a futuristic style world i that would be so much fun to watch i like that you have any I ideas agree. for who would play Terry McGinnis? Uh, no, but I want Will Friedle to dub over whoever plays the character. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> and Kevin Conroy would dub over Michael Keaton. <laughs> you don't dub over Michael Keaton. <laughs> it's Kevin Conroy, man. It is Kevin Conroy. Just every other line is Michael Keaton and Kevin Conroy. Just back and forth. Okay, well, my number four is another Marvel character, uh, Wonder Man. And this is another one we almost got. We almost got in Guardians 2, of all things. Uh, they they supposedly cast Nathan Fillion as uh, Simon Williams, which would have been amazing because he's this actor, you know, that turns ionic and powers and he's he's very much tied to Wanda. So it's kind of interesting that we haven't seen him so far. He could have even shown up at WandaVision, you know, if they played played it right with the acting and the series and stuff like that. But for one reason or another, you know, uh, Wonder Man did not show up yet. He's he's a very integral part in like uh, vision story in some ways. So I think it's again, it's only a matter of time. Um, th- there has been I've read some rumors that they and doing the research that they are working on a Wonder Man show for Disney Plus. So that might be something in like a phase five or mm-hmm. phase six. Did you uh, hear the rumor we'll about the casting? So the big one right now is I, I I'm probably going to butcher his name and I apologize. Yaya Abdul Mateen the second. So I oh, believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So he yeah, is yeah. heavily rumored to be playing right. Wonder Man right now. Cool. Okay. He's a fantastic yeah. actor. So he's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my number four. I would love to see Wonder Man. I think his power set's very cool. I just, I just want more world building, more characters. <laughs> I want more of everything. MCU, DC, EU. Yeah. It's just, yeah, for sure. Yeah, image yeah. world. Let's do everything. I want more. Image, right. image world. Image world. Um, all right. My number three is we three by Grant Morrison and Frank quietly. 
This is a, a short mini series that was published by Vertigo Comics back when there was a Vertigo Comics in 2004. Um, not very long. It was written by Grant Morrison and Frank Quiley. Very interesting, weird story about lab animals, a dog, a cat, and a bunny in these uh, high-powered mech suits, and they've been experimented on, and so they have hyper-intelligent brain communication. They can communicate with each other. It's endearing. It's sweet. It's terrible. Like, they can murder bot, you know, like these people, if they're trying to hurt them, and it's a very sweet story. And I actually read a thing that James Gunn wants to adapt this or a couple years ago, wanted to adapt it. So it, it might still happen at some point, but such a great little story. It's a quick read. Um, I definitely, it's almost like a spaghetti Western, but it's with like these weird sci-fi, you know, animal things. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really fun story. I would love to see, I would love to see a, a film um, made of this. So like snowball from Rick and Morty. It's kind like of, secret, yeah, secret of NIM. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's very secret of NIM, Snowball, Rick, and yeah. Morty. But it's done in a way that's uh, almost like, uh, you know, R-rated. It's, 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 uh, it's a great story. Yeah. Well, James Gunn is heavily in talks with DC to do quite a bit more. So mm -hmm. Vertigo is a DC imprint. It so is. maybe that's one of the things he's going to do. All right. My number three is the only series I have on my list, and that's going to be Bone Parish. Bone Parish, which we have covered in a previous episode, and then also had writer and creator Colin Bunn on to actually talk about this series. So if you want to know more about it, go and listen to those episodes. But it was written by Colin Bunn, artist is Jonas Scarf, uh, colorist is Alex Guimarães, and then letterer is Ed Dukeshire. This creative team is phenomenal. This storyline would make for a perfect adaptation. I see this being more of a ser limited series that you could see on like Netflix or even HBO, just going into about the, this drug that this family has created. And when you uh, take this particular drug, you have visions of past life of whoever you just took the drug from because it's made from bones and remains of individuals. It gets very dark. It's uh, like family driven and could be a very compelling story. We it's 12 issues. We might get more issues in the future. Potentially when we had Colin Bunn on, we kind of talked about if there was going to be a return and something we said in, I said during the interview, he said that might make it into the sequel. So I don't remember what I said. So if you want to listen to what might be there, Go and listen to that episode. All right. Yeah, Bone Parish is is good stuff. Um, okay, so my number three is Seven to Eternity uh, by Rick Remender. Uh, it's sort of like Seven Samurai on steroids. Um, so basically <laughs> just uh, it Love sort of that. just takes these like seven, uh, seven various warriors who are battling against a God of shadows or a God of whispers. Sorry. Um, and just their, their journey together uh, to try and, and conquer this seemingly unbeatable foe. And there's lots of crazy twists and turns and um, lots of really awesome weapons and uh, characterization and, interpersonal relationships and drama and all that stuff um it was recently released in a beautiful hardcover uh edition um it's only 17 issues but this 
like the collected uh i mean i say only because it's not like what i have a lot of omnibuses that are like 30 35 issues i know it's thick it's a really thick book because of like the quality of the pages is a phenomenal like the quality of this build of this book is really good and the price is really good like you can get it on amazon for like 50 i think you could probably get it on sale for like 40 or 35 so Keep an eye out for that, first of all. Get the book because it's amazing and extremely well produced. Um, and then sec- and then secondly, the story is just fantastic. The art is amazing. Uh, and it would make for a really cool adaptation, I think. I'm shocked that thing is only 17 issues. Dude, you saw how big it is. I, it's I showed you. It's a it's a really I, thick well, book. I, I saw it at my LCS too. And the mm-hmm. only reason I wasn't going to get one is because luckily we we are very lucky enough to have things sent to us from from Image. So I have it digitally for review, but I'm still very tempted to buy that collect edition because it looks beautiful. It's, I have the DCBS alternative cover. It's Anyways, yeah, good stuff. Um, okay, are we still doing the ping pong thing? So I'll do number two also. Um, yep. So my number two is Descender. So Descender uh, is a uh, fantastic series. It's sort of like, gosh, what was that movie with Haley Joel Osment? Uh, AI. AI, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's kind of like if you took that idea – and kind of extrapolate it quite a bit more. So it's by Dustin Nguyen and Jeff Lemire. And basically it's about this, uh, it's a world of robots and human and humanity. And this huge cataclysmic event happened involving like the gods of the robots that came from a far future and like wreaked havoc and caused this massive extinction level event across the galaxies. And now, and then after that, everyone obviously is a bit like scared of robots and stuff. Um, so there's like a lot of like oppression happening and different things happening with all these various robots. And there's this young boy robot that's sort of at the center of all of it. And there's like uh, a scientist involved who like supposedly came up with a lot of the AI in a lot of these robots, etc. And and then like the daughter of the general of like the various space forces and stuff like that. And those are kind of like the central protagonists of the story that kind of go through it. But it is just a sweeping kind of space opera story. And it would be crazy to see adapted. <laughs> like I would pay good money to see it adapted. Like I can see like elements of like Westworld being brought in. And obviously like, you know, we're seeing more star Wars properties on Disney plus like Andor and like all those other things. So like I feel, and the Mandalorian. So I definitely feel like the story could be done well. And if given the proper resources, like it would be phenomenal. So mm. Descender. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my next one is going to be Static, a.k.a. Static Shock, which many of you might know from the animated series because that's where I first came across this character. So Virgil Hawkins is a very compelling character. The comic book run right now, Static, is one of the best things being published right now in comics. I freaking love this new comic series. So it's Static Season 1. Season 2 is about to drop very soon. Strongly recommend reading those. And yeah, Virgil is just... Go back and listen to our episode on Static. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's one of our earlier episodes too. Uh, And I apologize for my audio quality in that episode. For some reason, I went through my computer and not my mic. So uh, uh, just listen to the content and not the quality in that one. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I, I think this is a character that 
it, it's been announced that they are adapting this character to, but with everything kind of going on with DC right now, we don't really know what is going to be made. What's not going to be made. Yeah. This is also a milestone property attached with DC. So it might be lower on the totem pole as far as what things are going to get made, but it, it, his power set is very cinematic, compelling characters and the family dynamic is stunning. So uh, static is a very strong number two for me. Yeah. I love that. I would love to see static and I hope it doesn't get moved down for whatever reason, but it, it's, if anything, you know, his appearance in young justice and, and uh, the, the resurgence of, of milestone um, and just kind of those characters in general. I mean, I, I would love to see a whole, you know, like you said, expanding the universe. Let's, let's yeah. see hard hardware and uh, right yeah let's get the whole milestone uh, rocket going. and icon you know yeah. let's let's see those characters and something super exciting that just got announced at uh new york comic-con is that the the individuals that are a part of the static comic are doing a static beyond series which is going to have virgil and Ooh. terry mcginnis together so we're going to nice. get batman beyond and an and a an aged up static crossover book oh that sounds That's fun cool. it looks amazing We've kind of seen an animate an animation already. Yes. Now they're doing a comic series. Cool. Yep. Nice. <laughs> All right. Number two for me is an image property. It's Savage Dragon. One of the first image books that was out with the uh, seven creators that started Image. Um, I I'm not a terribly big fan of Savage Dragon, but I think as a live action. Uh, I like it. I, I'm just not I just haven't read like a bunch of Savage Dragon, but I do own the first appearance. I got it signed. Um, I, you know, if we ever talk about Savage Dragon, I think it's a really interesting character. And I think as a live action character would be really interesting because he plays a cop. You know, he's a cop. It's very Hellboyish in in some ways. Like he he's this beat city cop, but he also is like a superhero and he's got a big like dragon fin on his head. And there's a lot of weird, fantastical things you know, if you listen to the um, the Invincible episode that we did, like uh, Kirkman and, and Eric Larson kind of tied in some of their characters, Super Patriot and stuff like that. So it's in that same like there's a lot of weird villains and weird heroes and and they, they do a lot of crossover. But I think as a live action character, he would just be funny and hard hitting and, and you know, like somebody like Bruce Campbell or, you know, in that vein, you know, just like kind of somebody that can be tough and, and funny and dry, sarcastic, uh, would, would make a great savage dragon. I don't know who that would be, but yeah, I need to read more. I I think I've read like appearances of savage dragon and things, but I've never read his run, but I want to shout out, uh, Jake and Jesus from Spectales podcast, our friends, they had Eric Larson on their show. To nice. tell it Grail Tale. So if you want to know more about Savage Dragon and just Eric Larson's career, I strongly suggest going and listening to that episode because it is really interesting. All right. Ooh, do I have to do my number one now? Okay. Here's your number one. Number one for me is back to Marvel is going to be Mr. Sinister, a Marvel villain. And this one I only mentioned because we've gotten so close to having Mr. Sinister teases in three different x-men movies he was yeah. teased in x-men dark phoenix uh he was teased in deadpool 2 he was teased in new mutants the you know uh, essex institute and like all these little things of like maybe maybe the next one and then like none of those things happened 
The most sinister thing we've had oh, is them teasing it. Mr. Sinister. So he's such a good villain. He's such a good villain and such a he, he just loves to, you know, mess with people like he just loves to mess with the, the summer's genetic code and like all the things that he could do. And it's it grow, goes well with the X-Men in the terms of, um, uh, you know, like all the genetic manipulation and stuff like talking about genealogy and, and the mutation, and everything like so having a villain that really like owns that and it's like, yes, I can make this better. Plus, having read Hickman's run and how they turn Sinister into this uneasy ally that they're kind of relying on uh, for things, it just makes him that more nuanced. And right, Jeremy, I mean, like you've read that. Uh, yeah, well. I, I was I was just going to say um, Sinister is like extremely uh, they're, they're going to be doing a new event with Sinister. Um mm-hmm. Coming oh, yeah. up pretty soon with Gillen, yeah. uh, Sins of Sinister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's definitely taking center stage in a pretty big way. Um, and, you know, just the whole thing with Krakoa going on, like there's there's been some pretty significant movements in terms of like Sinister's place in the broader like X-Men narrative. So I I think that he is definitely due uh, for some uh, for some screen time. absolutely yeah and and you know with the mcu it'll probably take a while but at some point at some point we we will have a live action mr sinister uh and uh, previous castings have been you know ranged from um luke evans to john ham to javier bardem which would be amazing um but yeah you know who knows if it's going to be years from now it's hard to say um but yeah there's a lot of people that it's it's a i mean a fun very decked out glamorous almost david bowie-ish kind of character who can you can really cheese out the role you know but he can be like really creepy at the same time like it's it's i just can't wait it's uh it's that just makes me wish that we still had david bowie and that he could play oh, mr sinister be awesome <laughs> it'd be awesome yeah i would for sure. love that all right. Well, we got to my number one, and that's someone that has been teased uh, in multiple uh, films in the MCU and who mm-hmm. I thought we might have been getting in Thor Love and Thunder, and that's Beta Ray Bill. I am a massive fan of Beta Ray Bill. I love the character design. I love his story. I think his solo titles are highly underrated and where people need to read them having a solo beta ray bill film would i think catch a lot of people off guard with how heartfelt his story is and could absolutely give us an introduction or some uh lead into things with like galactus and more of the uh cosmic side like cosmic size of the mcu just because for the longest time i just always saw these corbinites as being like these horse-faced alien people but they're not like that they're humanoid and then they made this uh body to transfer the soul of one of their uh, one of their uh, uh civilians into this body to be their champion there's so much about this character that is wild and wacky and amazing and beautiful and heartbreaking and it, it would be an incredibly compelling film and would fit right into the cosmic side of things that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is building. They even I mentioned, stand. is it uh, Lady Sif mentioned Corbinites, right? So, in, yeah. In and, Love and Thunder. 
I I don't remember her mentioning it. I know that in it was either Endgame or Infinity War that on one of the planets where Gamora and uh, Nebula were fighting some cr- beings that were wearing like tactical oh, gear, they right. said that was the world of the Corbinites. And then okay. obviously in Thor Ragnarok, we saw the face of right beta ray bill because it's not it's not a corbinite because corbinites don't look like that so it has to be beta so he's out there it's just we haven't seen him yep yeah um oh i i was gonna say because you were talking about like the cosmic scale of the mcu and stuff and i i i repeat what i had said before which is i think we're gonna look back on the eternals and we're going to look back on it more fondly, I think, in the future. Um, you know, I know that it got a lot of grief and a lot of people were like kind of weird about about it and stuff. And yeah, there was some weird stuff in it. Um, but <laughs> I think overall, especially that closing scene, probably one of the most insane closing scenes ever and gives me a lot of hope for um, the closing so. scene was the best part of that movie. My number one choice is East of West by Hickman and Art by Dugoda. Who we met yeah, yeah, I know. I have his custom art now on my shelf. I need to get it in a frame. I was looking for a frame today. Um, anyways, so East of West, if you're not familiar uh, with the story, um, is essentially about uh, what if um, the Civil War never ended uh, and the Civil War continued until uh, 1908 uh, when a comet hit can- hits Kansas and then after that happens, basically all the various sides of the Civil War, all the various factions kind of go back to their respective corners looking at their wounds. And this very tenuous political structure and various factions sort of, you know, assert their control over the various areas of the, you know, sort of dystopian United States and then the broader world beyond it. And it centers on basically the return of the, the four horsemen. Um, that signals the apocalypse uh, and one of them being death who is sort of the titular character or the pro- main protagonist of the story is kind of following death um, on the story and his battles with the other three horsemen and 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 the you know the beast of the beast of sin and like all these other things like a ton of crazy biblical references insane politics just it's a First of all, it's a phenomenal comic. I mean, it's just so good. Um, so if you haven't read East of West, you really, really need to. But secondly, I think that it's the stuff that, you know, HBO series and high budget Netflix series and films were made for. Like this is a an extremely vibrant and full world with a compelling narrative that should be told on the big screen. So I think. Sounds great. awesome. I mean, it's a great premise. It's and, so, and I mean, definitely people would, I, I think it's also good because it's one of those stories that people would watch that based on the premise that are not comic book fans. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a gateway, you know, just like, um, yeah, the old guard or, you know, like the, the movies that are like, Oh, that's based on a comic. Like, you know, like it was done as a comic, but it's, it's, it's enough to stand on its own. And yeah, uh, as a great story, it's easily in my top five, probably in my top three stories of all time. Oh, dang. East mm-hmm. of West. I have the first it, trade. I need to read it. So well, Hickman is insane as a writer. We've Hickman. I don't know how he does it, honestly. Like, <laughs> I don't know like, how he pieces everything together. Like the guy, like just naturally can can think of all these very complex 
narratives and I feel like can 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 deliver them in a way that makes you feel like you're not entirely lost, but there's a lot of depth. So anyway, yeah, that's my number one. Good, Good stuff. picks, everybody. Yeah. Well, hopefully we will see. It'd be interesting to see which one of these characters hits live action first, because I think some of them have been, like we said, you know, hinted at or rumored or announced or in production. If there's an East of West announcement tomorrow, I will lose my mind. No, yeah, kidding. right. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think this. Pro- I think Descender is probably at the very bottom of that list. <laughs> well, we so. will see. We will see what what's going to happen. And maybe it's going to be one of the ones on our on our honorable mentions. But who do you want to see in live action? What hero has not been done at all let us know on our twitter at cbk cast or on instagram we want to know what you think what characters would be amazing in live action either a tv show or a movie or why not and what and maybe in a stage production or some sort of musical or whatever like broadway show broadway ice capades uh improv in the park what do you want to see a character uh, and uh, let us know um, on our social medias. So uh, it's time to close the book on the characters that we would like to see in live action. So until next time, this is Chris. And Lance. And Jeremy. Reminding you to keep your friends close. But your comic books closer. Closer.